Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Bon dia, buenos dias, good morning. How we doing? Chilling? I wish I was chilling. Um, you may notice that... Uh, some important ladies are, are, uh, are missing this morning. Uh, our, our two uh, lead pastors, uh, Liz and Deanna, are uh, down in Florida with our mentors, Pastor Joel and Amy Stuckstill. They've been at a whole weekend of being trained to be better preachers. How about that? Okay, I'm glad some of you are excited about that. <laughs> if you know them, you know they are already that. So imagine, imagine. We're just, I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing in them. I'm glad that they're going to be home tonight because uh, I love my kids, but I also love not being alone with my kids. <laughs> I love help, right? Oh, goodness. Everybody okay? You look great. Anybody excited it's fall? I always get excited it's fall because, you know, I don't like to be hot, but also fall also is the time when we celebrate our, our, our church anniversary, like um, Caleb mentioned a few minutes ago. So we're gearing up for that. And uh, wow, who's ready to stretch your faith a little bit more this morning? Anybody ready to stretch? All right. I said, are you ready to stretch? Poor Stretch Armstrong. He's about stretched his uh, wrestle shorts off. Oops. All right, who's ready to stretch? Come on, let's stretch. Everybody stretch. Some of you aren't stretching. Come on, stretch. As you're stretching, I want to invite you. As usual, you can follow along the outline of uh, today's message, either through the Bible app or you can grab a printed outline there in the back. But today we're going to do some more. Come on, stretch up. Let's stretch up. Let's stretch down. If you can get back up, stretch back up again. <laughs> Come on, let's stretch from side to side. Make room this morning for God's word. Who's ready for God's word? Man, aren't you glad we have a God who is alive and who speaks today? We're not here to study a book. We are here to hear from him, to hear his voice. The word of God is alive. It's active. It's effective. The word of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is alive and he is here and he wants to speak to you and me today. Who wants to hear from Jesus today? Come on, who wants to receive a word from God today? Well, good. Somebody tell me. What Matthew 4, 4 says. Come on, somebody. People. Very good. Mateo 4, 4. La gente. All right. And what is our commitment this year? ¿Qué vamos a hacer? 
Man, let me just encourage you again. Don't give up. Come on, look at me. Don't give up. If, if you're new around here, m maybe you're not sure exactly what's going on, but this year our theme is Every Word. And all year long we've been reading through the Bible together. We're reading how many words of God? Every word, all of them, right. Every word of God in 2022. And I want to encourage you, don't give up. I promise, I promise it's going to be worth it. Whether you've never read through the whole Bible before, this is your first time, or if this is your hundredth time, don't give up. Keep on keeping on. It's going to be worth it. All right? Yes? All right. Well, we're going to continue learning about stretching our faith this morning. Let's go back to Romans chapter 1. We're going to read verses 16 and 17. Again, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. Come on, somebody say, the gospel is power. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. It is accomplished from start to finish by what? The power of the gospel in our lives gets accomplished from start to finish by, by faith. That's right. As the scriptures say, it's through, it's through faith that a righteous person has life, right? And we've been learning that we need faith to start and we need faith to make it all the way to the finish line. But I've been learning that I need faith Every single step of the way, right? How many of you know if you want to get to the finish line, you got to keep taking the right steps, right? And we need from start to finish to live by faith. Have any of us been uh, stretching a little bit over the past few weeks? Stretching our faith. Well, today I want to teach you a little bit more about stretching our faith. We learned so much the past two Sundays. Uh, the two previous Sundays, we learned from the same story, right? The story where Jesus fed approximately 20,000 people with what? How many fish? Two. And how many loaves of bread? Right. Two fish and five loaves of bread. We learned so, so much from that story. So today we're going to go to a different story. Is that okay? We learned a lot already from that story, so we're going to go to a different one. But let's see how much we learn, all right? Let's see how much we learn. If you've been here the past couple of Sundays, you're going to remember some of this, I hope. If not, that's precisely why I'm repeating it. Because I don't know about you, but I need some help to remember sometimes. All right? If you haven't been with us, this is going to serve as a review for you, okay? The purpose of a test is to, is to, to stretch our faith, right? Or does God allow us to go through testing to hurt us? No. God allows us to go through the testing of our faith in order to stretch our faith or to grow our faith, right? Okay. Now, we've also learned that to stretch means 
to abruptly move yourself so much that you hurt yourself. Right? No. To stretch means to push a little bit, to push slightly beyond your current limitations, right? Your current limitations, your current limits. We've, we've learned, and I repeat, you don't learn or get to touch your toes. If you haven't touched your toes in 10 years, it's not going to happen in a day, right? You've got to stretch a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and you'll uh, almost get there. All right. To stretch means to push slightly beyond our current limit. For some of us, that means something different. Some of us are brand new in the faith. Some of you are barely learning to walk in faith. Some of you have been walking in faith for decades. Some of you already have a big, strong faith. Some of you have a faith that it's barely faith. <laughs> it's barely there, but it's there. And whatever it means for you, today, the Holy Spirit is inviting us to push beyond our limits just a little bit more, right? We learned that. Jesus didn't ask for an avocado seed. He asked for what? A mustard seed, right? Just a little bit more than you currently have, all right? What else have we learned? The more our faith stretches, the stronger it becomes. That's why I brought... I've been bringing Stretch Armstrong, right? Because what made him such a strong wrestler was that he had a great ability to, to stretch, right? And we've been learning that the more our faith stretches, the more we allow our faith to stretch when we're tested or when we're put in a situation that maybe requires a little bit more faith. We allow ourselves to stretch into that. What happens is that our faith gets stronger every time. Very good. All right. Oh, this was good last week. Stretching our faith will often mean we'll have to attempt something we're incapable of accomplishing on our own. Why? Because if I can do it, I don't need faith. Right? If I can do it, I don't need faith. Also, if I can get it done with yesterday's faith, I don't need to stretch my faith. It's the situations that we're faced with, the needs, the circumstances, at times, in the way we ought to see it, the opportunities we're presented with. Often, yesterday's faith, last year's faith, won't be enough to cut it, right? We're going to need to push a little bit more in faith to get the job done. Everybody okay? Or have you stretched too much? Now, I'm not going to review anymore. There was a lot more from last week because in reality today, we're going to almost like rediscover basically the same things we discovered last Sunday. So if you weren't here last Sunday, you're going to get last Sunday today. And if you were here last Sunday, I'm sorry if you feel like it's a repeat, 
But again, I have learned that I need repetition for something to stick. Yeah? That's why God doesn't typically say things just one time in his word. Because we need repetition to renew our mind. Right? We need repetition from his word in order to think the way he thinks, to change the way we think, right? All I know is that the Holy Spirit repeated this to me. <laughs> so, here we go again. Ready? Let's do today, John chapter 2. And I hope, again, those of you that were here last week or maybe listened to this on the podcast, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I remember that. I hope some of us go, oh, yeah, I did that this week. I've been hearing of people stretching their faith. I can't wait to see the results. All right, who's ready for John chapter 2? The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Let me just pause right there and make this observation that has nothing to do with stretching our faith. Jesus and the disciples weren't a bunch of weirdos that people didn't want to invite to their parties. If the shoe fits, wear it. Okay. We, 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 we have to understand that to be like Jesus means we're going to be with people. Yeah? Being holy doesn't mean you're so weird that people don't want to be around you. Oh, let's not invite them because, you know. Jesus and his disciples were invited to a wedding party. Okay. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, and Jesus' mother said, I just kind of imagine her saying, somebody go get Jesus. Hey, Peter. Go get Jesus. No, probably John, because they always got John to do everything. Hey, John, go get Jesus. So Jesus comes over to his mom, and she says, they have no more wine. Now, let's read it how it says in the New Living, and then I'm going to give you the Hunter translation, all right? Dear woman, that's not our problem. I think it was more like this. Mom. It's not our problem. Have you ever been presented with something and you're like, I'm going to teach you a phrase in Spanish. Y yo que? Come on, say, y yo que? Y a mi que? Mom, more like, Mom, you know who I am, and you know what this is going to cost. That's not our problem. In fact, the next thing he says is, my time hasn't come yet. He knew who he was. He knew what he was going to do. Mary knew who he was. 
But Jesus hadn't really started his public ministry yet. He wasn't out doing all the miracles and healing everybody just yet. And he knew that if he did anything, people were going to find out. Now, fast forward, we're not going to read all of that, but this does end up being his first miracle, and people do start to believe in him, and everything goes from there, right? But there was a need. I loved it. In this, when we read the past two Sundays, the people were hungry, and we learned that Jesus doesn't ignore the need. He wanted to ignore this one, but because his mom was bold enough he didn't overlook the need come on let's keep reading lady mom come on that's not our problem my time hasn't come but his mother told the servants come here just do whatever he tells you jesus didn't say he was going to do anything mary just knew and decided that he was. I don't know if anybody's getting this. Our faith in him can influence miracles happening. Miracles that weren't going to happen can happen because we have enough confidence and boldness to just ask Jesus for it. And Mary just said, just do whatever he tells you. Now, as of now, no one really knew much about Jesus yet. Okay? Let's keep reading. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. That's some big jars. Jesus told the servants. Jesus did what to the servants? He told them something. Fill the jars with water. Or maybe, more like it, just go fill the jars with water. Right? Remember, he didn't want to make a ruckus. Just go fill the jars with water. Question. Was water the need? Mm -mm. When the jars had been filled, he said, now go dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So we have some instructions given by Jesus here, right? I love it. It doesn't even say how it happened. It just says when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine. How did he do it? I don't know. But it wasn't wine and now it was. Not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you've kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples did what? Believed. So. We're talking all about stretching our faith to make it stronger right and again 
a lot of what I'm about to say are some of the very same observations that we learned from the feeding of the 5,000 men, including women and children, 20,000 people. With a few little extras. But today, my prayer is that we don't just hear this, but that it gets in us and activates us. Because God wants us, he wants our faith to participate in seeing miracles happen. He wants your faith. He wants your faith to be a part of seeing miracles happen. Come on, just, just say it before we get more into this. Say, speak to me, Jesus. The question has been, so how do I stretch my faith? We've been learning the importance of stretching our faith and the power of stretching our faith to make it strong. But last week and today, we're learning how practically, how do we stretch our faith? Now, before we get to the very simple answer, let me give you a few phrases from what we just read in the scriptures. They have no more wine. Fill the jars with water. Now go dip some out. And then it says, the water that was now wine. How do we stretch our faith? Don't put it on the screen yet. Because some of you have been doing it this week. I had people at the end of last Sunday tell me, I just did this. He told me that. I just did that. How do we stretch our faith? Some of you remember. First, we have to find out what Jesus wants us to do and then do it. There we go. Again, not going to take time to review WASC and how faith works and all that, but it is important to know what he wants first, right? Okay, so both in the feeding of the 5,000 and in the story of the water turned wine, something very important happened. And it was this. Jesus told them what to do. And he wants to tell you what to do. Do you want to hear him tell you what to do? I do. But if you've ever heard him tell you what to do, you know it's going to stretch you. How do we stretch our faith? How do we go from the faith we have now to just a little bit more? And how many of you know, if you stretch it a little bit more, and then you stretch it a little bit more, 
and then you stretch it a little bit more, eventually your little faith becomes big faith. And if little faith can cause mountains to move, what could big faith do? I, 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 this excites me so much. If one person's individual little faith can move a mountain, what can our faith together accomplish? Whew. But it's important to actually hear from Jesus. Jesus doesn't want us guessing what to do when we're faced with a situation, a circumstance, a need, an opportunity, a door, right? He doesn't want us to guess what to do. He wants to tell us what to do. What did he tell the servants in this story? What did he tell them? He, he told them, go fill six, right, six stone jars with what? Water. So last time I checked, I'm, I'm, I'm not personally a wine drinker, but I do think I understand wine doesn't come from water. It comes from grapes, right? Am I right on that? Okay. So imagine just like when Jesus said, bring me the five loaves of bread and the two fish. When Jesus said, put water in those jars, imagine what that sounded like. But it's what he told him to do. Are we seeing this? He told them what to do. And then they did it. Now, I don't know if they, I can only imagine that they, these servants didn't really, I don't know how well they knew Jesus, that he certainly hadn't really revealed himself as the Messiah yet or anything. So I can imagine they're kind of like, I don't know what we're, I don't know why we're doing this. But Mary said to do what he says. So what have we got to lose? Look at me. What have you got to lose by doing something Jesus tells you to do? Ask Jesus. Y'all, I know this is probably one of the simplest messages you'll ever hear me teach. One point. Same point as last Sunday. One point today. Ask Jesus what he would have you to do. And then do it. Even if and when it seems Yeah, crazy or simply senseless. Moses, hit the Nile River with your staff. 
Okay, Jesus. <laughs> Blood. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just can't help it. So I'm going to have to say it now and say it at the end. Was the Nile River blood? Was water wine? No. Widow in debt. Just borrow a bunch of empty jars and bring them. She had a big debt. She needed to pay it. And Elisha told her, go bring a bunch of empty jars. Was jars what she needed to pay her debt? Pour out the little bit of oil you have in a jar. Was a little bit of oil what was needed? I hope you're noticing a theme here in the word of God. I'm not going to tell it to you yet. Let's do this first. We need to hear from Jesus, y'all. A Christian who is not hearing the voice of Jesus will miss out on pretty much everything. Jesus said his sheep would what? Hear his voice, know his voice, right? Are you a follower of Jesus? Can I hear a ba-ba-ba? <laughs> if you have given your heart to Jesus, if you have turned away from sin and you've been born again, you, you become a follower of Jesus, we got any of those here today? If you haven't given your life to Jesus, today is the day to give your life to Jesus. But if you have given your life to Jesus, you are qualified to hear him. Some people simply don't really believe they can hear him. But you can. Because he said you could. And we need to hear him. If I'm going to find out what he wants from me, what he wants of me, what he wants me to do, where he wants me to go, what he wants me to give, what he wants me to say, I need to hear him. Why are we reading through every word of God in 2022? Why do we insist every year to read through the word of God, to read through the Bible? To what? How am I going to? Jesus said my sheep will know my voice. That's what it really says. 
How will we know it's his voice speaking to us? By knowing his, his word, right. We need to stay in the word so when he speaks to us, we will know it's his voice, right? We need to hear him speak to us. And then we can know what he wants. A lot of people would like to know what Jesus wants, but not everybody's listening. There have been times in my life where I wanted to know what God wanted or what needed to happen or what I needed to do, but I wasn't positioning myself to just listen. But when I have listened... He always speaks. Let's remember, I said this already today, but Jesus is the word of God. He is speaking. He is God's expression. And he wants us to hear his voice. Maybe you just need to remind yourself right now. Maybe you just want to put your hand on your heart and say, I can hear the voice of Jesus. We need to find out what he wants from us. But what if? What if he speaks to me and tells me that? (laughs) Come on, fill in the blank. Oh, I've been there. Have you been there? I want to know what he wants, but I'm not sure I really want to know. What if he tells me to forgive that person? What if he tells me to start that new business that I'm kind of got an inkling of, but I'm scared? What if he tells me To walk across the street to my neighbor and share Jesus with him. Actually, he's already told you that. That's his word. That's the Great Commission. That's already said. What if, as I'm walking through Target, he says, go lay your hands. Ask if you can lay your hands on that sick person and pray for them. What if he tells me? To give my life savings to missions. What if he tells me, God forbid, to be a missionary? (laughs) What if he tells me to stand up in front of my college class, in front of a professor that's completely godless and trying to make everybody else godless. And he says, stand up and speak the truth. Is any of these, are any of these things going to require a little bit of stretching?
kills me. I could remember this. I, I vividly remember the moment I was asking God what he wanted, how he wanted to use me, and Jesus spoke to me, learn Spanish. Oh, and I said, I can learn a yeah, sure. I could I mean I took high school Spanish. I can I can learn a little bit. No. Learn fluent, perfect Spanish. That sounds hard. <laughs> and it took some stretching. But I did what he told me to do. And I was able to be a missionary for eight years. And I won, I lost count how many souls to Jesus and made dozens of disciples. Some of them are leaders of the church in Mexico today. And they would have never really taken me all that seriously if I couldn't speak Spanish to them. I just did what he asked me to do. I've remember, I've, there have been situations when the Lord said, give this amount of money. And it's like, but Lord, that's like all I have. He's like, I didn't ask you for any more than that. I just asked you for that. But the thing is, let's just be real. We act like we want to hear the Lord, but we want to hear him our way. Ask him what he wants of you. Ask him what he wants you to do. Find out what Jesus. The problem is a lot of times we go through life and we don't really know what Jesus wants of us. And we're trying to figure it out and we guess along the way. And because we know what the word of God says, we kind of make the right step sometimes. But there are other times when we don't make the right steps because we're not hearing him. And what Jesus wants is for us to be his followers, <laughs> right? If we're going to follow him every step of the way, we need, to, we need to listen, we need to hear, we need to know where he's going. Do you want to find out what Jesus wants of you? All right, let's see if we remember this. To stretch my faith... I must press into the need. Very good. To the need. They pressed into the need to feed, feed the 20,000 mouths, right? Here, Mary pressed in to the need her friends had at the wedding. Right? Was it Mary's problem? Was it Jesus' problem? Was it the disciples' problem? No, but it was an opportunity. I don't know exactly what Mary was thinking, but maybe she was thinking, now I get to show everybody who my son is. Just do what he tells you. Or simply her heart was moved by her friend's need. Probably a combination of both. Remember, we learned Jesus didn't allow the disciples to overlook the hungry crowd. They were like, send them home. And he was like, you feed them. 
right? To stretch my faith, I need to press into the need. Again, I, I said it, but let me say it again. Jesus didn't overlook this need, I believe, because of Mary's persistence. He tried to ignore it. There are instances in Scripture, and I might be messing with somebody's uh, theology today, and I'm sorry, but not. There are times in Scripture where it's like God changed his mind. Now, I know, I'm not saying, I know that God is immutable, okay? He's never changing. He's ever the same. Did he know he was going to change his mind? Probably so, yes, because he knows everything, and he knows everything that ever could be, right? But we see in Scripture several times where God was about to do something, but because somebody did something, he changed what he was going to do. Many times. I mean, why didn't God just destroy Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot on the inside? Why? Because Abraham, yeah, persisted, like really persisted. If there's 50, if there's 40, if there's 35, if there's 30, if there's 10. Yes, I won't, I'm okay, I'll wait, basically, God said. Our faith can influence the performance of miracles. Our faith can release or not release the supernatural. I was going to say hold back. Nothing can hold back God's supernatural power. If he wants to, he does, right? <laughs> but our faith can Almost like pull it out of him. And to, to stretch our faith, we need to press into that situation that looks like a need, that looks like a problem, that looks like lack, that looks like an opportunity. To stretch my faith, I also need to press into his, his voice, right? And not guess what he wants me to do. Come on, just tell your neighbor, listen. Don't guess. Press into his voice. And finally, to stretch my faith, I must press into obedience. Do what he says. Don't blow him off. I have before. Have you? Like you heard him and you acted like you didn't hear him? I, I've done it. It feels really bad. Because you know what you did. Like playing it off. Like, oh. It thundered. I better get inside. 
press into obedience. And why are we saying press into the need? Press into his voice. Press into obedience. Because it requires intentional effort. I'm not intentionally, I'm not going to ignore a need, an opportunity, a situation, a circumstance. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to intentionally, I'm going to intentionally let myself be in that. I'm going to not just kind of go along and like, if he speaks to me, yay. If he doesn't, that's fine. No, no, no. I'm going to intentionally turn my ear to heaven and listen. I'm going to press in. I'm not going to, I'm going to press into obedience. That doesn't mean I'm just going to kind of haphazardly go about things. I'm going to be very intentional about what he told me. Okay, I'm going to do that. Specifically that. Y'all all right? Because it's about to get good and we're about to be done. Yes? Okay. This is what we said last Sunday. Jesus does not ask for what we don't have. They had fish and bread. He asked for that. He didn't ask for something they didn't have. He asked for something they did have. Okay? They didn't have 20,000 fish and 20,000 bread in their bank account. They had five and two. What did he ask for? Five and two. They didn't have wine. What did he ask for? Water. Many times we're presented with needs and we don't have it. Yes? And he doesn't ask us for what we don't have. He asks us for what we do have. He asks us for what we do have so he can do with it what we can't do. He asks us for what we do have so he can do with it what we can't. Come on, this is, this is how I saw it in this story. Ready? When we do what he tells us with what we have, we give him the opportunity to do something supernatural through us. Man, that kind of sounds like living on mission, doesn't it? Give what you have. You can't give what you don't have. And he doesn't even ask us for what we don't have. He just asks us to give what we So when we do what he tells us, and for us to be able to do what he tells us, we need to listen. We need to hear him, right? When we do what he tells us with what we do have, we give him the opportunity to do something supernatural, to do something we can't through us. All right. Here's where I was going with all of this. This got me so excited this week. And I believe it's going to, I believe it's really going to move Encounter Church today. If you could just grab a hold of this truth. And that is this. Jesus takes something that isn't 
and turns it into something that is. Jesus takes something that isn't. And when we give it to him, when we give it to him, he turns it into something that is. The five loaves and the two fish were not. But all of the loaves and fish were. The water was not. The water wasn't wine. And then it was. Let me say it again. Just get this. The water wasn't wine. And then it was. The two fish and five loaves were not full bellies. And then they were. My forgiveness of that person was not a healed relationship and then it was. My forgiveness wasn't the healing but then all of a sudden it was. It became. Jesus didn't make wine. He turned water into it. Moses' staff, well, the Nile River wasn't blood. And then it was. The dust wasn't flies or gnats or whatever they became. And then it was. The empty jars were not enough money to pay the debt. And then... They were. <laughs> the cross was not the victory. And then it was. When we give what we have to Jesus, he takes something that is not and turns it into something that is. My $10, $100, offering is not the $130,000 we need for the down payment on this building, on this property, so that it can free up a bunch of monthly money to reach more people. But then it will be. Can Jesus turn 10, 100, 1,000 into 100,000? Oh, yeah. My words, my simple conversation with that neighbor is not their salvation, and then it is. (sighs) 
my kindness in serving my community isn't community transformation? And then it is. My investing into a child is not the next mayor, president, apostle, evangelist, and then it is. When we give what we do have to him, he takes something that is not and makes it something that is. Our responsibility isn't to make it. Our responsibility is to give it. Jesus did not make wine. He turned water into it. I'm just going to briefly show you guys this. We, we looked at it last Sunday. And we have a little update for you. We're not going to keep doing this for months, okay? And I'll say again, like I said last Sunday, if you are new at Encounter Church, this is family business. You're welcome to take part of anything you want, but there is no pressure ever on anybody, okay? I just want to share, again, the opportunity that's right in front of us. Let's go with the first one. We have uh, reached Tober coming. Caleb and Matt told you about it. <laughs> we've saved up money throughout the year. We've been getting ready for this. But now with October right in front of us and these three opportunities at North Cobb High School, Kennesaw State University, and in this neighborhood for a block party, the opportunity to reach a lot of people is in front of us. And in order to make those three outreaches happen, we're going to need 3000 extra dollars than what we have been able to save up, okay? Jesus can take $3,000. $3,000 is no one's salvation, but it can become it. $1 can become someone's salvation, right? One outreach. One outreach could change a family forever. One young lady hearing a testimony at KSU could become her not committing suicide. One kid at the community block party could become the way in to a whole family receiving the gospel. One teenager eating pizza or whatever outside of North Cobb campus is not but could become a revival of teenagers in our city. So we just need to hear what Jesus wants us to do. And I say it again. You just need to hear what he wants you to do. Ask him. Listen and act. Do it.
Let's go next to our faith goals. This is the one that's causing me to stretch so much that at times I feel like I'm going to break. But this is our church family right now. If it's hard for you to see on the screens in front, if you're closer to the back, you can take a look to the back. It's exciting because we started the year with these faith goals and we've been able to see some of them accomplished, right? Because many of you have given what you have and God's been able to use that to create what wasn't. And these are all things we still want to be able to see happen to make this a better place to reach more people in our community, all right? The one big one that I shared with you last Sunday, I'll share it again. We have this, this wonderful opportunity to convert our property from a rent-to-own situation, because that's what it is right now. We're renting to buy it, okay? We're not renting it to get rid of it. We're renting it to buy it. It's to be ours, okay? But we have the opportunity right now with an investor who, if we could come up with the down payment, $130,000, everybody take a deep breath, (sighs) we could stop renting it and this whole property would become officially completely ours which would greatly decrease what we pay monthly for this property, which would greatly free up more money to have more money to reach more people, to grow more, to, have more, to, to be able to give more to missions. Come on, just, just, just help me out a little bit and say, it's just 130000 <laughs> Or... Or it says 630000 to just pay it off completely. Forget the mortgage. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to do it. All I know is I'm going to hear him and I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Finally. Finally. And again, I know I'm, there's a lot more to it, but obviously you can, I'm giving you the opportunity to give, Okay. Through the website, okay? All of these things are on there. The building fund, Reachtober. We already learned that we could text harvest, all that, okay? If you have any questions about how to give, I'm not going to take time with that right now, okay? If you have questions on how to give, just come talk. Talk to me after the service. Finally, the one. Many of you saw this video last week. We played it before service. We're going to play it again today after the service if you want to stick around and watch it. But... (laughs) Last week, can we get the Cuba, the dream project up there? Maybe not. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean the video. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Do we have a slide for that? Yes. Hey, there we go. All right. Missions matching. Sorry. You guys know that this year we've been promised a gift that... Every dollar we raise up to $90,000 will be matched dollar for dollar to equal $180,000. And right now, you know, we've already been able to do so much in Mexico where we saw over 1,800 people give their lives to Jesus, right? And now we have this amazing opportunity. We have these 
seven weekly children's outreaches and two monthly kids feedings and discipleship and parties and all this stuff that's happening, reaching all around the city of Havana, okay? Well, uh, hey, it's even, been, it's even more than that now. Okay, last week it was less. I'm sorry I don't have last week's number because I updated it in my notes, all right? Last week it was like 43,000 or something that had been given. Uh, just in a week, we are now up to $47,227.45. To reach 90000 that just leaves $42,772.55. I wanted to tell you that because we have a record down to the penny. Because we want to be good stewards with what God has given us. Okay. But $90,000 will become $180,000. And you know that $180,000 isn't revival in a communist nation where the church has to be underground? But it could become that. Caleb already said it, but I'll say it again. We'll never ask you for anything. This is just something I have decided as a pastor. We have decided as a leadership team. We will never ask people for anything. You'll never be asked for money at this church. Never. What we will do and will always do is we will ask you to ask Jesus what he would have you to do. And then you do that. That's the way the kingdom of God works. So I'm asking you again. Obviously, this applies to every area of life. But this great opportunity in front of us with Reachtober, with refinancing our mortgage to free up more money to reach more people, and the dream project in Cuba. I want to ask you, would you ask Jesus? Some of you went home and asked him this week and heard him. And some of you acted already. Others of you are still hearing from him. I'm asking him exactly what he'd have me do. I want to ask you, as you go from this place today, maybe you already heard him do what he said. Maybe you still need to go and listen. If you're married, it would be a good idea to talk to your spouse before you do anything. Money-wise, okay? Come into agreement. If you are married, both of you should hear from Jesus. Hey. Yes? Okay. And do what he asks you to do. press into the need we press into his voice we press into obedience it's from start to finish faith to faith stretch to stretch now as we get ready to close let let me pivot from this financial opportunity back to simply your life We need faith for everything 
every step of the way. I need faith, and I need to stretch my faith just to take the next step of obedience in following Jesus. I need faith to raise my kids, to follow Jesus. I need faith to be a faithful husband. I need faith to be someone who speaks the truth when almost no one does. I need faith to stay healthy in my body and in my soul. Come on, do any of you identify with any of this? I need faith to stay married. I mean, Liz and I are good, okay? (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, it takes faith. It takes stretching the need, his voice, and obedience. Yes? I need faith to reach the people God's leading me to reach. I need to stretch my faith to make more disciples for Jesus. I need faith to share the gospel on the job. I need faith to pay next month's rent. That got the most "Mm," of anything. it, it, It seems like we need some faith. Start to finish. There will never come a moment in life in our as long as we're walking with Jesus where we don't need a little bit more. If we stop stretching our faith, eventually We'll be going backwards. We need faith not to backslide and fall away from God in the midst of a very confusing, rebellious world. Start to finish. Come on, somebody say, help me, Jesus. Now, I want to ask just for the next two or three minutes if we could avoid getting up and down, going in and out. I never like to end a service without this. I know many of you, probably most of us in here, have made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. But if you haven't, if you haven't, see, you can't stretch your faith if you haven't even started in faith. The first faith that we need is to put our faith in Jesus to save us. The good thing about that is today you have it. Because you've heard the word of God and that gives faith. The Holy Spirit gives faith. The Bible says we've all been given the measure of faith. 
We've all been given the measure of faith. But we have to act on our faith. It's not enough to just know about Jesus. It's not enough to know the gospel. Faith acts. Faith does what Jesus says. And the first thing we need to do, the first thing you need to do if you have not, is decide to follow Jesus. Repent of your sins. Surrender your heart. Surrender your life to Him. If you do, listen, Jesus came. Jesus died on the cross to pay the price to forgive you, to set you free from sin. Take the first step of faith today. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll give you a new life. It's called being born again. Is there anyone that needs to take that step of faith today? I'm going to give you an opportunity here in just a few seconds. If you, listen, very, very, very important. If you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, and today you want to make that decision. You want to give him your life. You want to turn away from sin and turn your life over to God. Or at one time you were following Jesus, but now you're not. You're backslidden and you want to take a step of faith to come back to him today. If that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand very quickly. Ready? One, two, three. Who is that? Okay. Anybody else? Who says that's me? Praise the Lord. If that's you, if you made that decision today, I want you in your own way, use your own words to tell him something like this. Because the Bible says that not only do we need to believe in our heart, but we need to confess with our mouth. We need to confess our faith in the Lord Jesus with our mouth. And we could maybe, we could all together, in support of those making this decision, confess something like this. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ. My faith is in you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you came. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. I believe you ascended back to the Father. You're preparing a place for me. Come on, let's all put our faith in Jesus. Let's say this. Jesus, I turn away from sin. I turn my heart to you. Jesus, save me. Today, I decide to follow you and make you the Lord of my life. Amen. If you made that decision for the first time today or you're backslidden, you want to come back home today to Jesus? Or simply, you'd like to understand more about salvation, about what your next steps are, what it means to follow Jesus. I want to ask right now, if you'd pull out your phone, make sure you do this today before you leave church. You pull out your phone into that number on the screen, same number on the magnet behind the chair. Just text the word Jesus. We're going to send you a video that will help you understand more your decision and help you with your next steps. All right, everybody can stand the worship team. You guys can help. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.